there was uh, several players out of position, three in fact, and, and obviously missing a court head of central defenders, Everton up for it, a few new players to integrate into the side, the old problems in central midfield and, and all of that, so yeah, pretty disappointing start to the season, got to say pretty well deserved the defeat on the balance of the whole game and play. Obviously, United had a lot of possession and, and that kind of stuff. But there you go, they're starting three points behind, effectively. Yeah, I mean, the one decision that's been talked about a bit, which I feel entirely unqualified to answer, uh, at N. Bessasar asks uh, whether or not we should have perhaps played Wooten at central, in central defence and Carrick in central midfield. I think the only reason why you'd think about that is because you disrupt one position, not two. And I was going to write a piece of the blog in which I argue that the the problem wasn't so much Carrick as centre back. He did as well as he could, given that he's not centre back. But the loss of Carrick in midfield uh, meant United lost some control there. And and I think I think there's some something in that. So playing Wooten there would have meant we could kept Carrick in midfield and, and obviously that Carrick's goals partnership and, and all of that good stuff. Having said that, when a 20-year-old kid against uh, Fellaini who was uh, just on a fantastic game, everything he did turned to gold, didn't it? And uh, I don't know whether that would have come out any better, to be honest, although Carrick was bullied most of the evening. Yeah, I mean, uh, as soon as I saw the... Uh, starting lineup. As soon as Rio tweeted that he was having a terrible day, it, I started to get the fear. Really, very odd decision to play Valencia at right back. Do you think that's because Raf's picked up a knock? Or- he was on a bench, so he's clearly fit. I, the the suggestion was, and and we haven't seen Ferguson say anything to this effect, but the suggestion was that Valencia was in there for his height and physicality. Uh, but what what about having someone in there for their ability to play the position? Yeah, I, I mean, I have to say I agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, Rafael, for, for all, uh, he had a stinker in the Olympic final, didn't he, against Mexico? But actually, before that, he had a good tournament and, and some good warm-up games as well. So he's fit. He's fit enough to be on the bench. He's He should be pretty sharp because he's been playing competitive football, whereas United have been playing anything but that through pre-season. So, I, yeah, I thought it was a slightly odd decision. And, and a, few, a few other things that you know, made made some imbalance in the side. Welbeck was the one sack. Sacrifice. I speculated beforehand that it would be Kagawa sacrificed to the left wing. Actually, it was Welbeck and, and Rooney nominally played up top, although I have to say he uh, he got in Kagawa's way quite a bit through the game or, or perhaps vice versa. You know, it, they took up the same positions, but uh, that caused some problems. And, and obviously Nani had a complete stinker and I, I'm not quite sure what was going on there. I think he might have had his mind on other things like that contract two weeks before the end of the transfer window. I mean, what a daft time to have a, put in a really terrible performance, though, if you're kind of really trying to win a contract or a good move away. On on that performance, none of the biggest clubs would want him, would they? I mean, obviously, they don't judge it on that one performance, but he, he had a proper disaster, Nanny did. He really did. Yeah, I don't think Rooney was far behind either. Oh, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, I would argue that that's one of Nanny's weakest performances ever in a United shirt, and he's had some, some very hit-and-miss performances in the past, but he looked completely and utterly ineffectual his cornering was depressing cornering he's not a car is his taking of corners but you're absolutely right Rooney had a very typically Rooney at Everton type performance didn't he yeah well if he was a car I think the top gear crew would crush him that's how bad he was it's it's hard to justify that kind of performance as a player at all and, and when you're a Manchester United player you can't and when you're after a massive new contract uh, that's going to put you into the you know the top 
echelon of uh, players paid at Old Trafford, you know, then you need to be working harder than that. And and so Nani just had a real stinker. I, I didn't get the impression he didn't care, but that was definitely the impression that Rooney gave. Look, he's let's take this with a little bit of a pinch of salt because Ferguson has spoken about it. We've spoken about it. He starts slowly, doesn't he? He needs some fitness. He he didn't have a lot of preseason. He missed the first half of preseason, so he he's only played in the games uh, when they came back to Europe. So let's assume that he had not had a lot of preseason games. Uh, they weren't super quality anyway, and maybe he needs two or three games to to get back on it. But it wasn't a great performance at all. And as well as that, he didn't really play the role that he needed to play. He needed to be right up top to give United some kind of focal point for attack. And United in the end had seventy percent possession, and that was because they had had skulls cleverly and just ahead of them Kagawa who you know really can retain possession all of them were about 90 odd percent weren't they and I think Kagawa made a couple of missed passes all night and you know almost perfect in that respect but there was still some disconnect between Rooney and the midfield and and obviously the wide players weren't effective Nani had a stinker well back out of position and so that made United a little bit disconnected and as a result they didn't create much and and they barely got a shot on target I think it was four or something like that and and that caused a real problem for United because even though uh, we had a problem defending Everton's very direct game which was fair enough you know they picked out a weakness and they they did it very well for all that possession United had you didn't really feel that Howard was under a lot of pressure I would just disagree with only really one point of that in that I, I don't actually think that Rooney was distanced. It didn't seem to me that Rooney was distanced or isolated. It just seemed to me that when the... Because actually, yeah, as you said, he had Kagawa right next to him a lot of the time. There, there was It wasn't that case in that 4-5-1 where you have that great gap between the midfield and the forward. No, no, but but it was disconnected. Yeah, uh, yeah. If, if you mean... Oh, right, okay. So rather than isolated, it's more like he it just wasn't working when the ball went into Rooney. Like those amazing little passes triangles and moves and little attempts to cut things open Rooney was often the one giving the ball away in those situations or just making the wrong decision I thought yeah, I didn't think he was actually in the right position most of the time right, yeah. right. I've got I've got to say before we go any further it's definitely worth pointing out some glorious silver linings from that and the first of those is all we need is Shinji Kagawa Shinji Kagawa, amazing, amazing debut performance from United's new Japanese signing. What a stunning player he looks. I mean, I haven't watched a lot of preseason, and anyway, we didn't have any competition in preseason. But this was against a proper team, and uh, I've got, I've got, I literally, I'm talking about it now. I've got goosebumps thinking about the fact that we get to watch him every week because, cool, blimey, he looks good. Yeah, yeah. Look, he's smart on the ball. He uses it very well. He uses space very well. The the pass he made to Danny Welbeck when Welbeck almost broke free. Actually, I think he was probably fouled. Actually, Welbeck before shooting wide was a was a beauty. Uh, he made the simple passes well. He made the penetrative passes very well. His ball retention in the final third was very good, meaning that you know he's he's making difficult passes in a difficult area of the pitch. So that was all really good. I think there's. I think there's another level to come from him. He didn't have a shot on target all night and he wasn't quite getting in those positions. And I suspect some of that's to do with the role Rooney was playing as well, you know. And and so I think there's another level to come from him. It's a very good performance. He didn't change the game for United. Totally disagree. He didn't change the game for United because we lost. Zero on the score sheet for United. None, nothing, zilch, zip. So he had a, he had a very good game, but, but it wasn't a match-winning game. So let's put this in context. It was a good day 
debut performance. We know what we're going to get out of Kigawa. It was good to see him in the right position for him and not shunted out to the left wing. But he didn't break down something that United couldn't break down. Everton defended well and he wasn't the player that broke that down, right? So that's what I'm saying. There's more to come from him. And I hope there will. And I have to say, in a year's time, if we had the same performance, we'd be more disappointed because of the context of it, right? And I hope that we'll get lots more from him. I hope we get the assists and we get the goals because that's what he did for Dortmund over the last two years. If he plays like that in a year's time, I'll be completely, perfectly happy with that. That'll be absolutely fine because he created a bunch of chances, moved the ball around beautifully, was fluid and helped United be more fluid and a combination of excellent defending from Everton and slightly profligate finishing from the strikers meant that nothing, no goals came of it but if you look at key chances created or whatever that stat is where it's, you know, an assist which doesn't result in a goal, you know what I mean? That I'm sure, I'm sure he did alright on that score. Well, well, he created four chances I don't think they're defined whether they're good or not I'll be fine if he plays like that in a year I'm not going to th- think that that was th- that disappointing at all I'll be, I'll be perfectly happy it would change because there'll be higher expectations of him in a year now this is his competitive debut for United so there's already some good feeling about it and it was good but it didn't win United the game in fact look, he's the key creative player in that side the pivot around all the good creative stuff should have come and it didn't make the difference and I, I, that's not a criticism at all that is a factual observation right it did not make the difference <laughs> No no goals came out of it. That doesn't mean that he factually didn't make a key difference to the way United played in that game and to how effective United were. Because he did his job of putting the ball on the plate for the players and then Everton central defenders did their job or strikers didn't do their job, you know. So that's that's the only, you know, it's a semantic difference. Yeah, well, I don't think United had enough control. That revolves around him and and the central midfielders and that dynamic, right? So, and uh, I, I think you think I'm making a criticism of him. I, I'm not. It's an observation, right? And the and the observation is United did not have enough control through that game, and that's with 70% possession. Didn't do enough with it. Didn't break Everton down. Howard wasn't scrambling there. There was the one kicked off the line when cleverly should have put his laces through. And actually, that was a very smart piece of play by Kagawa because could have shot him himself but he chose not to and uh, and I think that says much about the type of player he is very selfless player I hope that it all clicks better than it does and you know let's say Nani had an awful game Rooney had an awful game and there's a few new players bedding in cleverly was was deeper than often he's played and you know let's 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 suppose there's more to come from that dynamic but but the fact is I mean Everton defended well but it wasn't desperation stuff I don't think United were near winning that game anywhere near and at the other end we had an awful awful lot of chances for Everton on 30% possession oh yeah I mean I was talking about the silver lining the rest of it is cloud you know I mean as you say Rooney and Nani truly abysmal games both Nani Nani worse than Rooney but that's only you know (laughs) that's only because it was it was some new level of low but but United had exactly the sort of centre-half performance that you would expect from a Nemanja Vidic just come first competitive game back from a terrible injury and Michael Carrick have we ever won a game where Michael Carrick started in central defence I I I definitely can't remember one away at Wolfsburg yeah (laughs) right there you go I I think I think that's it yeah I probably some others but I don't remember them yeah he's not a central defender no. you know and, and and Everton picked on his weakness which was the high ball and and Fellaini took advantage of it and Fellaini was very clever because he didn't play as a pure forward he dropped in he dropped into midfield I thought that Gibson and and Neville gave him an excellent platform when they didn't have the ball in central midfield and United had 
quite a lot of possession in, through central midfield. Everton went direct and just bypassed midfield altogether. But United had no answer to that, no answer to that at all. Carrick had a you know, really difficult time against him and there was no physicality in United's midfield. I mean, Scholes stayed on for the whole 90 and he spent much of the second half walking in a very, very small circle, you know, playing perfectly beautiful balls and accurate passes and all that. But he wasn't a factor in the game where United probably, and it's a bit crude, but probably needed to kick someone a bit more uh, in order to get back into the game. I'm really worried about Paul Scholes this season. I really am. I'm really worried about how quickly his influence will diminish. Uh, you you tweeted about it in the first half that actually Everton were pressing him quite well in the first half. They 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 stood off him a bit, and I thought they might they might pay for that a little, but but they didn't. But I, I am worried about how how much of this season he's going to get through in whilst being effective. I, I I'll, I'll be delighted if I'm wrong about this one. I mean, gosh, nobody will ever have been happier to be wrong about anything. I don't think, but Skulls was. I, I, I'm really worried about his legs. I'm really worried about... I have to say, I thought the last 20 minutes he looked gone. I was really surprised that he stayed on the pitch. I mean, I guess uh, for, for all the right reasons, Ferguson believed he could make a difference there. Uh, of course, eventually, uh, Anders Ron, this you know, magnificent new signing we got from Brazil, came on for, for cleverly. And, and he even had a shot, this Anders Ron. It, it went about 50 yards wide. But, uh, but there you go, a new signing. Anders, Ron, Ron, Ron. He likes to spell his name wrong. That somebody tweeted that at me. I'm sorry, I haven't got that in front of me, but it's genius. I'm sure everyone's seen this. Uh, the the fact that his kit had the wrong name on the back. It's pretty stunning, really. At jduke underscore asks an interesting question, which says, "Our midfield can't break down opposition midfields. Same problem as last season. Do we need a Fellaini?" And I saw that a lot actually. That the result might have been different if he was playing on the other team. Um, and we do make him look like Pele every time we play against him, don't we? We do. I I don't know if he's the right player. I mean, we talked about this before, and I said we probably need a, a right evil bastard in there, and I, I think that would help just for the balance of the squad not necessarily that they'd play every game or just a bit more physicality I mean it just it just felt like United couldn't compete on that level for all the nice play and you know there were three ball players in there in that sort of triangle in in midfield for all their nice play between them and their retention of possession when United didn't have the ball the rare occasions United didn't have the ball they weren't able to compete and they they won't be able to compete with Fellaini at all and and look he's he's a good player but he's not the next Pele yeah, and and we did make him look very good. And it's not just that game. You know, we've we've talked about this plenty of times uh, about United's inability to ca- compete in midfield. And and I suspect that we end we're going to end up compromising here because Ferguson's going to want an extra player in midfield in some games, and and someone gets sacrificed there. You know, so either the the side gets imbalanced by taking out one of the wingers, or one of the attacking players goes. And and you know that'll be interesting. So you know, does an extra body go? going to midfield and Kagawa is dropped or or you know one of the wingers and we play with a single winger or something like that and how you get Van Persie into that triangle with Rooney as well I don't know people that didn't listen to the extra bonus podcast that was tweeted out because it was eight minutes long and recorded in a big hurry last weekend uh, don't have any idea what we think of the signing of Robin Van Persie so uh, he came on for his Manchester United debut weird weird sentence uh, Robin Van Persie was substituted on for his Manchester United debut against Everton uh, the one key difference he made was two corners that swung right into the six yard box no United player looked like they had the slightest idea what to do about that it's been so long since they've seen such a thing 
Yes, well, I did say he didn't beat the first man, yeah. On, on second review, he, he beat the first man, but not the second man. He, he played two corners into the near post, and, and there wasn't a United player anywhere near it. But the second the second corner was a beauty, though. It was it was, it was was right where you want the corner to be. Of course, it's, a good, it's the secret to crossing all corners, play it into the space, and, and that's not Van Persie's fault. He, he got it into the space, and, and no United players were attacking it. Maybe, maybe that's Vidic's lack of fitness or, or whatever, or the fact that, you know, we're not actually that big a size really I thought he did okay he had 20 minutes he, it was a bit weird he started on the left then drifted into the centre when United sort of moved to a more sort of traditional two up front didn't make a huge difference created one chance for Kagawa didn't he and and I'm sure there's loads more to come when he's actually fit I still think the, the dynamic is yet to be decided because I, I'm not quite sure you can fit two wingers so you know Valencia Nani or Young or on this occasion Welbeck plus Rooney plus Van Persie plus Kagawa into the same side no, you can't. You know, he's going to try, I think. So it, it's going to be interesting. And and also the fact that even if you do try and play two in the midfield, do we have a two in midfield that can give the, the platform for those attacking players to perform? Because I, I'd, I'd argue I'm not sure we do, right? Even even when they're all fit, I'm not sure the balance is quite right. M- maybe Cleverly will add even more to his game. I thought he had another good game, actually, by yeah. the way. We hadn't really mentioned Cleverly. He had a very neat and tidy, didn't give the ball away. He recycles it really, really quick doesn't it it's always pass move move again and and that's really nice to see but there are going to be occasions where Ferguson wants to play three in and, and so we're going to lose two of the many forwards there and it'll be an interesting balancing act I, I couldn't say who he's going to pick uh, any one game to the next though I, that's for sure no I think the, the whole pick Fergie's 11 game is going to get more and more fun this season because it's just going to go wild he's going to pick a lot of players that play out of position and it's, it's interesting that Everton game because in some ways we're sitting here quite rightly saying well this is a lot of the same problems that we had last season injury crisis in defence meaning players playing out of position um, misfiring Rooney and Nani and and a slightly lightweight central midfield but one thing that we're not talking about in this game that we did talk about a lot last season was United players giving the ball away cheaply because we kept possession brilliantly in that game now because Rooney was on such poor form and to a lesser extent I mean it was less down Damaging that Nanny was in such terrible form because he was slightly more peripheral. But Rooney was very central to a lot of what happened and he did a lot badly. So so nothing really came of, of, of all that possession. But but the possession was there. The seeds of some gorgeous football were on display. It's just that we were kind of physically overwhelmed and Rooney was Rooney was having an absolute stinker. Yeah, it could be very good. If it all clicks, it could be very good. And and it's a it's a change, isn't it? You know, if if we're gonna play that way, if it's about ball retention, I, I would argue that the very best pl- team teams that play that way have a couple of gears right it can go slow slow quick quick and they can move through it and it's all about rhythm when you play like that and United's rhythm wasn't quite there and we'll see whether United do develop that of course we tried playing that the first few weeks of last season got spanked by City and reverted to the dogs of war so we'll, we'll see it'll be interesting to see I mean because we don't have the players really to play in a very defensive way there's there's an awful lot of attacking talent in the United squad interesting piece by Jonathan Will and in Sports Illustrated I tweeted around and, and you know it's very easy to have a knee-jerk reaction to Everton and go everything's doomed but but actually 
I think you know we talked we talked during the summer, and I, th- I think we'd probably say an awful lot of what he wrote in that piece. If you haven't seen it, it's in Sports Illustri- Illustrated. Awful what a lot of what he said in that piece was what we've been saying for a while now, and it's about whether the balance is quite right there. And and in our mini pod on Van Persie, we said that he's a fantastic player. But was he the right fantastic player? And and I'm still not sure whether he's the right fantastic player. I think if there was a, a player of equal quality but a central midfielder and we had £22 million to spend on him, I'd have plumped for that. Yeah, I mean, it's a real... It's really sad that Modric had his heart set on Madrid. Wow, that's, that is the signing that I would have liked more than any other player, really, that was that's moved this summer. He's the one I'd have. Maybe Javi Martinez second. Um, but Van Persie, a, a nice, uh, sort of, not exactly miserable third. He's he's definitely he's definitely an incredibly exciting signing. Oh, yeah. But as you say, it, it's... And, you know, it's um, it's awesome that we've got Van Persie. There's no, there's no two ways about it. He definitely makes United better. But he doesn't solve the problem. He just adds a new dimension. And an interesting point that many people made, I think, was that Van Persie signing means Rooney is no longer undroppable. Well, yeah, but except in that Everton game, in spite of the fact that he was having a complete mare and actually Danny looked quite bright on the left wing, Rooney proved undroppable. There's a bit of bit of reputationishness from Ferguson. I mean, also, of course, Rooney spent all last season being terrible and then doing something, scoring a goal, basically, before the end of the game. So I, I suppose he was hoping for something along those lines. But if you were just taking the who was having a better game and who looked more likely, you would have kept Welbeck on taking Rooney off when you brought Van Persie on. Indeed. Well, I think that's a good point. We talked about Van Persie. We've we've mentioned him a little bit. Uh, there were two Dutchmen signed for United in the, in the past week. Alexander Bootner has joined from Vitesse, the man that uh, United's chief scout Edwin van der Zijn has described as the third or fourth best left back in Holland. Alex, Alex Bootner, Alex Bootner, Alex, Alex Bootner. That doesn't quite... If it was Butner, that would totally work. Yeah, he looks like evil Tom Cleverley, I think. That's important to be said. And also his hair is unusual. Uh, It's very modern and like a young person's hairstyle that confuses me. Uh, This is happening increasingly as I go through my 30, being 35. I keep seeing, Neymar's a brilliant example of this. Just young people who have confusing hair and Butner's, Bootner is in in that uh, class. The reason I'm talking about his hair is because I've never seen him kick a football. You know, I, I'm sure I have seen him kick a football because I do remember seeing Vitesse last season, but I can't say I recall him at all. He he was in the provisional Dutch squad, so he didn't make it. And a uh, 17-year-old kid who had an absolute stinker of a tournament did make it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's any reflection on, on Bootner. A, a lot of people said he's a very good player, um, you know, people in Holland. And uh, Ferguson described him as one of the best young left-backs in Europe. I, I'm going to take that with a pinch of salt. But w- let's see. Look, let's be honest honest about this one this is my take on it he's not brought in as a long-term view on the left-back position and uh, and bringing in a top player there to challenge Patrice ever because if that was the plan they would have gone after a top player they would have gone after Jordi Alba or one of those that really is top class this guy's 23 so he's not going to get that much better uh, I think they've gone for someone who can play 10 to 15 games take some pressure off Patrice ever because he plays 50 games every season maybe we'll play see Patrice play 40 games this season and maybe this is the 
the last roll of the dice to see if we can get anything else out of Patrice Evra. And, and if not, I think Evra will go next summer. He didn't have a very good game against Everton either. I think it might help Patrice though because he plays so much. Uh, I think he, I think the level is dropping because he just plays so much. And I think uh, having a rest when it comes around to FA Cups, Carling Cups and some of the more rubbish European ties and maybe in some of the rubbish ones in the Premier League and, and takes 15 games off him, I think that's good. Yeah, I mean, also like the thing that people don't talk enough about with Evera is that people call him a left back but he really is barely a left back he's just a left flank you know he, he, he he's so incredibly involved in our attacking play Evera the number of miles on his clock you know yeah 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 but but that's how Ferguson likes his fullbacks to play it's always been the way you know he's always been happy he always wants central defenders you can play 2v2 yeah absolutely and and it has always been the way but not since Dennis Irwin has there been someone in any either fullback side that plays just quite so much football yeah you know it's it's and and in Dennis Irwin's time he was sometimes dropped as the third foreigner in the in the European games and all that stuff indeed so so will we get any more transfers we've got what I don't know just over a week until the the window slams shut because it definitely always slams shut Uh, is this the one that Ferguson was talking about are we going to see a central midfielder some talk about Herrera Uh, not the brilliant Bilbao midfielder but the Mexican who who actually he he did all right actually I saw saw him a couple of times in the Olympics I I have to say that's the only time I've ever seen him looks like a bit of a box-to-box player I can't say I've got a lot of evidence on which to base that Uh, a couple of games in the Olympic football tournament which we all know is right up there with the very best football there is honest well it was pretty high standard and um, when you said uh, he looks like dot 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 i was almost 100 percent sure you were going to say a gremlin i don't mean like a, you know a gre- i mean one of the gremlins out of the gremlins we've had a question about our central midfield from at steve brocco uh, it's a very good question i'm surprised it hasn't been asked more really it's is mike Phelan the answer to our midfield dilemma the man who used to get rid of the ball like it was a hot potato Quote, Red Issue, circa 1987. Yeah, Mike Phelan is not only not the answer to our midfield dilemma, but he clearly does not know what the answer to our midfield dilemma is either. I just don't get it. I just do not get it. The Jonathan Wilson piece was brilliant because occasionally I feel like a crazy person, you know. I'm like looking at something and I think I can see what the problem is. And I I definitely, I definitely don't consider myself to be an expert on football. I watch a lot less than than a lot of other people who I kind of know. And, you know, I, I watch a lot more United than most people do but you know I don't watch football from all around the world I don't when United aren't playing I generally don't bother just occasionally so I'm not an expert but I'm, I'm looking at United and I'm thinking we've got such a big problem with our central midfield that we should just be signing a central midfielder we should just be signing the Alexander Butner of the central midfield you know just someone another body that can kick other bodies or whatever you know it doesn't have to be brilliant it doesn't have to be Luka Modric he doesn't have to improve our first team it does though doesn't it there's there's plenty look look there's there's skulls there's cleverly there's Carrick there's Anderson there's Fletcher if he if if he ever gets better there's Ryan Giggs can play there I, you know that's six that's six there that's six and and that's not even mentioning someone like Tony Cliff who'd love to have a game I'm sure you know so it's not like there aren't bodies it, it's quality body quality I keep getting tweeted that list of players and I know you're definitely not making the same point that the people tweeting them at me are but it's like let's let's take them one by one Giggs you can't say you just can't count him because he was awful in our central midfield last season awful like you know really Ryan Tunnicliffe would have definitely done a better job he just kept giving the ball away he didn't offer anything to the shape he got the odd assist for the first half of the season then even that stopped 
That game against Norwich where he scored that incredible winner, which is what we all remember about that game. Of course, he had one of the worst games, you know, in central midfield and we were under, we just overrun all the way through that game. Anyway, so that's Giggs. Skulls, I couldn't be more worried about his legs. I, I don't, you know, I think you have to count him as half basically, not in terms of quality, but in terms of quantity, because of how much he's going to play. If Anders Ron isn't already injured tonight, he's going to be by the time this podcast comes out, you know, or not literally, but it's a matter of time, right? It would be literally unparalleled in his United career if he didn't have a major season-defining injury at some point. Cleverly, I think he's an absolutely wonderful player. I mean, really, just a wonderful player. But A, he's not a proper deep-lying central midfielder. And B, he's also had major injuries every season for the last four seasons. Fletch has a chronic illness, might not play again this season. All, all this is true, and, and it's you know it's perfectly valid. But I don't think adding another average body is going to make any difference for United. It's going to make none. You might as well just play Rooney in the centre. Right, you know? yeah. there's, there's too much average already, right? And it's a big, it's a really big squad. So I, I think the only value for United is if they go out and sign someone who's super high quality right that's the only way it adds anything otherwise all you're doing is adding a bit of average you're going back to the days of Miller, Jemba, Jemba and Cleberson you know and filling out the squad with guff and and I don't think United gain anything what from if that. you add the the type of player we haven't got not necessarily the best in the world but a real ratter yeah check Teote or you know someone who can but I, I don't think Teote I actually I don't think he's good enough for United to be honest right. I mean he's you know he's a decent player and that's just no personal opinion some people disagree you know which is fine I saw some people mentioning Nigel de Jong this week because City want to get rid but I can't say I'd really welcome that I actually don't think he's good enough for United either he's not good enough for City so look and it's a really it is a hard one making that that call but I think it will haunt United I don't see it happening that um, a top quality midfielder comes in if if the bloke Herrera does come in that's a big if by the way because that's assuming United are interested apparently they are a deal gets done and a work permit gets given as well because they'd go for special dispensation like they did with Hernandez because he's not really played for Mexico's full I don't think he's actually played for Mexico's full side at all and and so that's one thing and he's a young player so he probably wouldn't get that many games and it'd just be throwing another body in there I'm not sure that's the the winning solution for United uh, it's, it's interesting it's really an interesting thing and uh, we, we've we've had a lot of questions uh, we've had so many questions on Twitter thank you very much for getting them in it's it's awesome and we definitely can't get to all of them but a lot of questions about midfielders and also also quite a few diff- questions about things that you've mentioned or, already like how how can Kagawa uh, Rooney and Robin Van Persie all play together that's from at Man United forever I, d- I don't know I don't think anyone really knows that and at the Sentinel asks, where does Fabio fit in with the signing of Bootner? Will they fight it out whenever it is finished? So, so first point, Ferguson doesn't trust Raphael or Fabio. Quite patently obvious. Second point, I don't think Bootner has been signed as a replacement for Patrice Ever. I think he's squad filler. So I think that's still a, a TBC. And I think we'll see next summer whether they decide they can extract some more years from Ever. And, you know, it depends on his performances this season or whether they go for a, a, you know, a bigger, better player in the summer. And talking of Twitter questions, we did something we've never done before in last week's show, and the response has been phenomenally overwhelming, as we all knew it would be. Uh, we, we've got a massive, massive competition prize up for grabs. As you know, it's the Bebe 7 shirt. Uh, Bebe might be sold. Uh, by the time even you get that shirt, he might have gone from United. That's how much of a collector's item it might be. At Bifurcated United, put in a, who's one of my favourite people on the whole of Twitter, brilliant shout, which almost won it for him, but sadly it was 
just too altruistic. He says, I think we all deserve the Bebe 7 shirt and it should travel around the world, bringing joy and uniting United fans in a travel log. If only that were logistically or mathematically possible at Bifurcated United, that's what we would do. So... Ed, you've got the top three, and this is in reverse order, and there were some excellent ones that didn't make the list, so thank you very much, everyone that entered. I have to say there's a lot of subjectivity here. It's just what made us laugh at the time. It's entirely subjective. It's entirely subjective. So, so, well, you know, maybe we could have created a mathematical formula, but it's just what we've tickled us on another night. It might have been different. Anyway, so at Jordan Murphy 25 says, I deserve to win the baby seven shirt because I promise not to auction it off when Maybe wins a Ballon d'Or. That's inevitably going to happen. We liked your loyalty, um, but sadly, just not enough humour in that one. Too too factual. So so that's why that one didn't win. At Liz Worsley says, I deserve the Bebe 7 shirt. I promise to wear it at work and tell all my patients Bebe is the new Beckham. Uh, I'm sure her very disturbed patients will, will enjoy that one. You see, the reason that you didn't win, Liz, uh, and it was very close, but the reason that you didn't win is because he's not the new Beckham. He's the new Ronaldo. Uh, see, he was signed from Portugal. That just got it wrong. Yeah, so close. So, so close, but but no cigar. And, of course, being a doctor, you wouldn't smoke them anyway. Uh, and the winner, and I have to say, you have to have a certain sense of humour to find this funny. Uh, at the underscore broomhead says, I deserve the Bebe shirt because I'm homeless and illiterate. Well Very good. done. Well done. Frame shirt on its way to you, Mr. Broomhead, and uh, we expect you to be wearing it on the Stretford end. Yeah, and if you DM me your address, we'll make sure that gets to you. That's at UTD Rankcast on Twitter. We won't send you anything other than the prize that you have so justly won. And congratulations on getting someone to help you tweet that. That was good. We should talk money for a second. I know we did. We had complaints about having a 400 minute long money section last week. Very, very quick. So George Soros, if you don't know him, he's a mega, mega multi-billionaire founder of a few investment firms in the States. uh, Some of them uh, among the top 10 largest companies in the world. He's the man who shorted the pound on Black Wednesday in 1992 and uh, made billions off that. Uh, Very smart investment guy. Uh, His fund and i should say his fund not him personally has has uh, bought 7.85 percent of the class a shares available in united it translates to about 1.9 percent of the club in total given there's this two dual share structure and it's it's quite a big deal because he's a big name in the investment community i was going to ask the question why is it a big deal because he doesn't seem like a glazer sort like he's you know he's given huge amounts of money away and his wikipedia page is extremely kind of positive about his general philanthropy that's all all I know about Mrs. Wikipedia page, obviously. So so uh, the one thing I'd say, and it's it's important to make a clarification here, this is not George Soros's personal money. This is George Soros fund, and that fund has about $2 trillion in rotation. So it's not all his own investments. It's also private capital, right? And and so they employ that capital to make a profit. The fund takes a cut, and, and then profits are returned to the investors. Finance bods out there would be turning in the graves here. It's a very simplified view of how fund management works but that's effectively it so the 40 million they've invested it's about 40 million dollars is uh work this out 0.0002 percent of the total value of the fund Uh, and i work this out against my salary and just give you a broad brush here it's it's between one and three pounds i don't want to give my salary away to everyone so you can guess at that but it's about 
one to three pounds as an equivalent investment. So, you know, next time you're having a pint, have a think about investing in United. So it really, it, why is it considered a big deal? Is it just because he's generally... It's just his name. Yeah, he's thought of as, he's thought of as a savvy investor. Yeah, and, and effectively, because it's such a small percentage of the total fund, it's just a punt, right? It's, uh, it's, you, could, you can talk about it, you can speculate it, you can say it, you can ask whether he's trying to flush out the, the shorters. And, and United stock has been heavily shorted. That's basically where you borrow a share. You do have to have a share to match it, but you borrow a share, buy it at one price, but you don't have to pay it until later. You're effectively betting that the price will fall in value. And there have been quite a few people betting on United's share price falling. And so Soros isn't doing that, I don't think. I don't think he's having a $40 million short. I think he's just having a punt on this might come good. And, and $40 million at not two of a fund is a perfectly reasonable punt. So it's like you putting a pound in a fruit machine or me putting 20p in a fruit machine. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you know, with, with my huge wage. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Back to football. At 19, Red Devils 20, optimistic, says, is the RVP signing and Welbs' new contract the end of Chicha at United? And I think it's worth putting into context that also, Chicharito, a lot of a lot of talk about why he wasn't on the bench against Everton. Uh, Ferguson gave the most joyous answer to that, which is no Berbatov's on the bench because he can also play centre half. Love it, love it. Uh, didn't come to pass, sadly. And though he couldn't really have done a worse job, he didn't even have his tongue in his cheek when he said that either. No, he was being completely serious, and and rightly so. I I think Chicharito's going to stay at United, and the four of them are going to, and Berbatov will leave within the next two weeks, and. The four of them will will play some sort of rotation, Cheech getting a ton of games in a sort of super sub role. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I mean, look, there's nothing about Van Persie signing which is good for Chicharito because he really does only play one position. So he hasn't even got that Welbeck thing about him that he could potentially play on the wing, you know? Nor as Welbeck. No, no, yeah, yeah, cynics might say that. And in fact, perfectly sensible people might say that as well, yeah. It's going to be hard on him. Of course, there was this rumour that Chelsea put in a cheeky question whether United might be prepared to sell and, and Real Madrid has definitely shown interest in the past. So of course, if you want to realise some money on your asset you, you probably ought to play him a bit so it, this might be a tough season for Chicharito and that, that'll be a shame really because you know 23 is coming into a time when he'd really want to flourish as a player so we'll see it might be he doesn't get a lot of games or he's a super sub and, and that's a real shame for him because it, it's going to ruin his statistics one and it's not going to help him develop two. At Man United Youth made the point in the week about the comparisons between our front four now and the front four in 99 right because we had your Cole, Sheringham, Solskjaer for fantastic forwards but Sheringham started something like 11 games that season and was really miserable about it and just we you know he was or he ended up playing a crucial role in a lot of the games he did start but right. but and obviously Solskjaer started far fewer games in his career than he should have given the level of his quality you, right if he was elsewhere yeah yeah I think the thing about I mean, it's it's uh, easy to romanticize that for hugely high quality front four of course but they didn't play an even number of games yeah it's not like they rotated by the week York and Cole was the primary partnership and and the other two yeah came in when other people need a rest or injuries or substitutions and stuff like that and and you suspect it will be that way this season you know Van Persie and Rooney will play more games depending on whether Ferguson can work out a structure to get the, all these players in the team and and Welbeck will play less and Chitarisho even less and Berbatov absolutely none unless uh, if he stays that is unless uh, there's an even worse uh, central 
defence injury crisis. Actually, I think Berbatov will go there. There's a good word that Sunderland are interested, actually, so maybe we'll see him in the Premier League still. Fiorentina as well are here today, which yes. means we might see him in that purple shirt, which mm, that's going to do special things to the ladies, I think. <laughs> and you, I suspect. <laughs> At SKT1994 says, what can United do this season to get the best out of Rooney and Nani? And I have no idea. I'll tell you what, I'm a, I'm a, a counsellor by by training and, and a psychotherapist, and, and that's what I'm working towards doing as a career, and I would absolutely love to sit and work with Wayne Rooney, because I think, I think that boy's got some real issues. I think he'd break you. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he could. Have you ever read Stephen King novel The Stand, and uh, The dark man the evil that is in the west there's some of that lurking in the back of Rooney's mind there might be yeah that definitely not one for a trainee to take on but but one day I, I could be up to the task I, I don't know how you get the best out of Wayne Rooney I don't think many people know how you get the best out of Wayne Rooney he's only he's only ever displayed his very best for fleeting periods except in that season after Ronaldo left when he was suddenly the main man and absolutely flourished and then there was all that tabloid stuff and that kind of ruined him and he's had wonderful games since then and, and wonderful periods and he gets these incredible hot streaks of scoring which which, which don't even necessarily always coincide with former last season. I don't really remember how long he was on top form for, but it doesn't feel like it was a long time. He's a frighteningly gifted footballer, and I, I I think you just have to get the best out of him by just trying all the time. You know, you just you just try and make him feel special. You try and make him relaxed because I think that's that's something he really does need to be relaxed to play his best. Yeah, maybe that's the case. Yeah, maybe he'll go on a hot streak after this. I do, I do agree with you though. You know, his his career is patchy, and and uh, it's ten years. It's almost ten years since he made his Everton debut, isn't it? So that's a good long time to assess someone's career. And, and in a way, his career's been disappointing. And uh, you know, I'll caveat this. In a way, it's been disappointing because that that the the excitement that you felt when you first saw Rooney running at players, the dynamism, the bravery, the conversely, the lack of fear, all of that. And some of it seems to have been beaten out of him. He doesn't take on a man anymore. And that kind of fearlessness about his game seems to have gone. And, and there's loads of great stuff about Rooney. I, 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 do, I think he's brilliant when he drops deep. He, he's so productive when he plays up top on his own, you know, and he doesn't, he doesn't always play brilliantly. And he's got loads to his game, but it's almost as if he could have had more. And, and, and maybe some of that is as, as Fergie coaches out of him, you know. I, I think there is an element to that. I think there is an element to that. There's something about his game that it's just a little bit safer than it could be and and that loses something and and the inconsistency is a real problem you know and and he is inconsistent and he had such a stinker the other night i hope that was it the one game he's had that game he's a bit sharper and fitter and he'll have a blinder against fulham and and we can talk about when you only haven't scored more than 30 goals again I mean, we've got to remember that he scored 34 goals last season even though he didn't have a very good season and, and we can talk about that at the end of the season and everyone will be happy because uh, if he scores 34 goals united will be pretty close to winning something this season yeah no absolutely I, I, I'm, I'm with you um, Nani so insanely talented and w- when he's ba- he's worse than Rooney when he's bad you know that's the, he's, he's, the worst of Nani's game is, is really 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 bad and and I, I think you just I don't know I, I wonder if you just have to ride out the bad form with Nani I mean Fergie dropped him for ages once and that sort of did the trick didn't it he, he really refocused and came back absolutely flying after that so I don't know if he needs that but I think you get the contract sorted and that's going to help a great deal because that that must be hanging over him a bit um and i still don't think it's impossible still don't think it's impossible that he'll he'll be sold no no i don't think that's impossible at all and uh, i'm not i'm not saying that he will be i mean there's a 
there there have been times when I thought that was definitely on the cards. I don't think it's definitely on the cards, but I think I got a good bid and uh, and the play one again. There's no sign of him signing a contract. It could well happen. But I look, he's what 25 now. I think he turns 26 this year. Uh, this is him. I don't think he's going to go to another level now. Uh, I think we have to accept that when he's playing well, he's highly productive. He does produce goals. He does produce assists. He produces brilliant moments. When he's not playing well, there's very few players that have a lower low. I think very few high quality players that have a lower low if that makes a lot of sense you know <laughs> there, there are there are very few high quality players that have a lower low the terrible 80s sitcom in their collection yeah he's got a whole box set he loves it he loves it and and that really gets him up for it and and uh, he, he he missed his box set on on monday night somehow he you gets know? to training and he says good morning wizard and then loses it laughing all right we're really running out of time but but i said we wanted to do some predictions for the rest of the season because I was thinking about last week's show and we didn't do any of the stuff we normally do at the beginning of the season with who we, we said who we think is going to win the league but we won't repeat that because it was painful who do you think the top four is going to be Ed? City United Chelsea Arsenal? I completely 100% agree with that. I think Spurs are uh, considerably weaker than they were last season. Obviously, Arsenal are too, but I, I do think they'll have enough. Um, yeah, I think they've bought good as well. I mean, I know they lost Van Persie, but Carzola's a fine, fine player. Podolski, uh, very productive international level, less so at club level, so we'll see where we go there. But, but I think, and, and Giroud's a good player as well. So I think they've bought well, and, and obviously they've lost Van Persie. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think top four is still good for them. Yeah, no, I think so too. Uh, relegation, I'm going to go with Southampton and I hate to say it but Norwich the only reason I hate to say it is because I really like Chris Hewton and then so Reading Southampton and sadly Norwich yeah, I have to say, I quite agree with that list. It's a good list. If I could expand it a little bit, I'd, I'd say there's a chance that Wigan will be in there as well. I mean, they'll definitely be there or thereabouts. It's just Wigan. And and might be West Brom gets sucked into it. It just depends on, on how Steve Clark beds in there. I, you know, everyone respects him as a football man, but first big job. And, and it could be that they get... I think they've got plenty of good players, West Brom, but it could happen. I know they gave Liverpool a thumping on the opening day of the weekend. So, you know, for that, I hope they don't but you know perhaps I'm, I'm too excited about Michael Laudrup to say that Swansea might be in the mix even though they gave someone a big hiding they're, they're losing some good players um, but they've got Michael Laudrup I know he's not really proven as a brilliant manager and certainly not one who's prepared to stick it out but he's Michael Laudrup I was so excited to see him on my TV when, when I was watching Match of the Day and in Michu, they bought a player who, who was linked with United at one stage this summer. I mean, I assume it's his agent trying to get a deal. But they got a bargain there. Two million pounds. And he's a fine player, actually. He scored goals. He scores lots of goals. I think he's a good replacement for Joe Allen. They looks like they're going to lose Scott Sinclair as well. That's a blow to them. And, and it depends whether they can bring in another replacement as well. Sorry, who was that player you were talking about being linked to United? Michu. Bless you. Sorry, he's... I need to apologise for that. But I couldn't resist it. It came. It happened. So uh, who do you think is going to win the Champions League? Real Madrid. I'm going to go with Barcelona. That's an exciting answer, isn't it? Fine opening day. 5-1. They, they played very well. Messi just got the two goals. You know, maybe, maybe he scored the 50 in La Liga last season. Maybe we'll get a few more this time. Th- that's a stupid league. That is a stupid league. The extent to which the other teams have been weakened and Madrid and Barcelona have been strengthened in the summer... Everyone other than Madrid and Barcelona are desperate to sell players. You know, it's a fire sale at every club. Yeah, um, that, that lovely Bilbao side from last season is not going to be in effect in the same way this season by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's not. So uh, we should talk about Fulham before we go. Let's. Uh, I don't think they're going to be in the relegation mix. Obviously, they had a wonderful start to the season. 
Very good. Uh, they, they've got a bit of a problem, though. Clint Dempsey seems desperate to leave, and, and so was excluded from the opening game of the season, and that's a real shame. Yeah, a bit of bit, bit of egg on his face, though, given how well Fulham uh, acquitted themselves on that opening day. M- Martin Yarl always produces a good side, so there's there's no chance that Fulham are getting anywhere near the relegation zone. I think they'll make the top ten, actually, Fulham. Mladen Petric, he started his Fulham career in fine form. Two goals, I think, was that? Had a very good game. Yeah, had a very good game. And, and I, I, you know, they've got some potential to cause United's makeshift back four problems. Do uh, you think we're going to see Carrick at centre-back again? I think we are, because I don't think that Smalling, uh, and well, Smalling's out for another couple of months. Uh, it looks like Evans is, is still a couple of weeks away. Jones out for a month. So, and Ferdinand, although the problem he's got is not his back, and it doesn't look like it's going to be very long term. It looks like he's not fit either. So, yeah, I think the Carrick at centre-back. Of course, very different game at Old Trafford, and uh, United won't face any of that physical threat, and Fulham play nice football, and, and it'll be a much, much different game, and you'd expect United's you know, heavy possession to translate into some goals and let's hope that happens i'm so excited about this game immediately after the everton game everyone was miserable and gutted it was such a disappointing performance and stuff but no i, I was i was i'm just as soon as it finished i thought we are going to win five nil on saturday three wow. o'clock three o'clock saturday kickoff at home against fulham with with that kind of ball playing potential that we have going forward van Persie, you think will start and be back up to match fitness now and rooney and van Persie up top kagawa behind cleverly skulls behind him how many how many players you got in this team at least 13 i think yeah. young young nanny valencia um and patrice evra and vidic at central defense right that's it that's it no, nothing else needed well actually probably that's that's probably is actually all that's needed well are you really predicting 5-0 if that's the case i'm going to say more realistic 3-0 i think i think it will be a comfortable win for united and and i you know i'm looking i'm looking forward to united playing some really good attacking creative football i i don't think kagawa Van Persie and Rooney and Young and Nani and Valencia will all play. That that's another prediction. I think for once I might get that one right. This season's going to be brilliant. We're not. We're not. We've got loads of problems at United, but if you're a fan of passing football and exciting stuff around the edge of the 18 yards and the odd sumptuous through ball, I think you're in for a treat. I think you are. And, and on that happy note, we bid you farewell for the week. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you to everyone for a lot of very nice comments on our first episode of the season last week. And, and good to see you're all back and listening and hope you join us again next week. <laughs>